Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. What's going on? Happy, uh, what the hell day is it? The 19th of January. What's going on? My name's Chris Williams. I am joined by Chris Hassel. This is Iowa everywhere, even though Hassel's in Florida. What's the freaking temperature there today? I've been out since 545. I feel the rays. It's, uh, you know, it's been pretty chilly here the last week or so. Let me check the old temp. Yeah, it's only 70 right now. It's Oh, today's going to warm up. It's going to get up to 82. 82 and sunny. <laughs> But I'm telling you, the last week or so, we only got up to about 70. Oh, you poor bastard. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's it's a little chilly for uh, these parts of the woods. The, the, That's the iguanas chilly? are freezing and falling out of the trees. Like 70s consider a chilly day down there right now? A high of 70? Yeah. Really? It's a chilly day. Yeah. Well, so we had the worst type of snow today where... That? It's so wet. So it's like right at 31, 32 degrees. Yeah. So the, it's like the perfect if you want to make a snowman, that Ooh, type of yeah. snow. But oh, it gets moist. stuck in your... Real moist. Very moist. Extraordinarily moist snow. I've always liked moist snow. <laughs> well, um... I, I could argue, though, the other way, because when I was there, Christopher... When I was there uh, over Christmas, the week before Christmas, we had that real powdery snow, and it was a disaster because it was windy. Oh, and it that was just sucked! Blowing too. all over the place, and it was yeah. blizzard conditions the whole time. Well, the problem here is you got to really spray down your snowblower with like the cooking spray. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? Because it will get stuck in your snowblower because it's so moist. Hang on a second. You're spraying all of the snow in the driveway? No. I'm spraying the I'm spraying the insides of my snowblower. You must not have a very good snowblower. No, I have, a, telling I have an elite. My Uncle Dick died, and he had never used this snowblower that was just sitting in his garage. I it's had, like an elite snowblower. I have I had, the TJ Otzelberger of snowblowers, okay? When I was in Connecticut, I had the Mike Krzyzewski of snowblowers. I spent a couple Elitist. thousand on it, and man, that thing could throw, could throw snow. I mean, we would get snows in Connecticut that were, at multiple times a year, we would get snows over a foot each time, and that thing would just, well, okay. Should I just Wait. give a live weather report, maybe? Yeah, let's go. What do we got going on? Because yeah, I mean, it started snowing again, which is why I was like five minutes later than normal, because... Dropping off those damn kids today was took forever. Well, here in beautiful Bondurant, we've got probably a three-inch snowfall overnight. Chris, what do you think? I mean, it's it is that thick, fluffy stuff. Oh, it's brutal. Does that make sense? Thick and fluffy? No, no. Is that an oxymoron? You know what it is? It's the it's a real moist snow. It did, it was hard because it. It started as it started as rain overnight, and then it got really sloppy. It was sloppy. Did the moist, sloppy snow clog up your sloppy. snowblower like it did my a little bit? Moist. Yeah, I had to clear it out a couple times, but yeah, you poor bastards. Now that's how I picture all of winter in Iowa anymore. Oh, what it looks like. This right morning there. pissed me off because then, so I got my ass out of bed really. I was up at. I woke up at about 5.30. I was out there by oh, 6. God. Really? You went out and snowblowed already? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all done. <laughs> so I thought my wife had to go to work like a normal day. Uh-huh. And because the kids were going to have school. They didn't get. They didn't have a delay. So I'm like, I, I need to get my ass out because it was too moist. We would not have been able to get a, her car out of the driveway had I not been out there. So like this had to get done. 
And then like I come in. How many inches did it snow? Three inches, and you can't get a car out of a driveway because they do the the thing, the the plow, and then it throws all the snow right at the end of your driveway. <laughs> right. So like it, oh, that's where it yes. becomes such a pain in the ass is at the end of the driveway. Well, then mm-hmm. I come in and it's like seven twenty, and my wife wasn't out of bed yet. And I'm like, what in the hell? She's like, oh, I don't have to be until nine. Well, that would have been great information to have about three hours ago, okay? Because she could have done everything? No. You? I just wouldn't have gotten up so damn early. No, it's just a bad snow. It's just a bad. Um, Simon chimes in, and I was going to give an update on this. He was wanting to know how his bloom doing. <laughs> Has his wife shoveled them out yet? Somebody <laughs> did. And. I've seen blooms work before. Well, it, Crystal, you know, the snow isn't going to shovel itself. Somebody other than Bloom did that today because it was done way too neatly. Like the lines were way too straight. I'm guessing Bloom's neighbor did it for him. Wait, you drove past Bloom's house? Well, you I drive past. live within like a, he, like in the same neighborhood? He lives you four houses down from me. Yeah. You Bloom guys lives, are like a retirement community. It's Bloom, Van Winkle, myself, and Alan Lazard. Lazard still lives there? Yeah. What? Lazard has a house in Bondurant. Only in the off season. He only lives there in the off season. He moved. This is his vacation area, Bondurant. <laughs> that's he goes south. Yep. Goes heading, that's a, quite a ways south from Green Bay. Heading south to Bondurant. Anyways, uh, thanks to our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. About eight minutes in, bitching about the snow. It was just a bad morning. Like, the freaking snowblower kept getting stuck. It was just a pain. Uh, Fairway Meat and Grocery, the presenting sponsor of two guys named Chris. All right. um, A lot to get to today. Uh, real, Real quick, the Iowa game gets postponed. Uh, That was supposed to be last night. We were supposed to be talking about that this morning. I think it's a bad break for Iowa. They were playing so well. Like it I would want to play as way, many yeah. games as possible, and that you know you pick up another win there. Whatever. I'm probably overthinking it, but that was my initial reaction. Was like, oh, okay, I get it. The COVID is still a thing, even though we don't talk about it and stuff much anymore. But it is, you know, the Northwestern I, didn't have I enough guys to play. I felt the opposite, Chris. I was stunned when they announced this. Really? I did not. What well, just you don't hear about it anymore. So yeah, it, it surprised me too. I just my initial thought was this is a bad break for Iowa. And and what I don't get is where's the line here, and and how does it where where does the line go up to like injuries? I mean, if you have oh good point, if you have four guys injured and they're your four best guys, are you not able to play, and that gets rescheduled too? Like it's it's part of it. When, when you have a guy injured or you have a guy that's sick, that's a bad well, break for you, but they're not going to play in the game. Is there Sorry. precedence, Chris? Like, I mean, I, I would assume at some point in our recent history, there's been a flu outbreak on a team. I have never heard of a game being postponed because a team has a flu. I've never heard of it. Yeah, that was no. my question because, like, that had to have happened before. These guys are flying around in these little charter flights together, like, they're with each yeah, other nonstop. But- before COVID, I don't know that anybody would have ever done they, or said anything. They would you have said, suck it either, up and play. Yeah, you play with it, I guess. I don't know. I've never heard of that happening. A game being postponed because a team has a flu outbreak or everybody has uh, strep throat. But it's a combination. It's not just that, that a bunch of people had COVID. It's a combination of people that are injured and people that had COVID. And we don't know if they're symptomatic or whatever, but it just it seems like a slippery slope to me. If you're uh, going to postpone games due to injuries and COVID in in 2023, I, like I we was got listening it two to, years ago, but I don't know. I was listening to Murph and Andy with the, right when this happened. Downs and fails were discussing like the Big Ten rules and they changed it last year when Omicron yeah. broke out and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we're a year from that. I, I don't know. It's just, it's it's so out of sight, out of mind that then when something like this happens, it's But COVID it, is always going, COVID is not going away. No. There's always yeah. going to be a new variant. 
Yeah. It's going to be a thing next year. It's going to be a thing the year after. It's going to be a thing in 20 years. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer to that. But I will say, as a fan, and I think probably Iowa players would tell you the same thing, still want to play the game, still want to get that game in. And yeah, no you doubt. would rather have that game against a, a team that can, you know, they can field a quality team. So hopefully, if I was okay with it, I don't have any problem with it. They're going to fit this game in. David Eicholt was reporting last night. It's it's probably going to be January 31st okay. for Iowa to play this game. So, they so then they'll have to, three games in a week? Well, looking at Iowa's schedule that week, um, they have Rutgers on the 29th. Then they would ha- they were going to have a break until February 4th against Illinois. But it does fit in nicely because then that gives them a three-game homestand. Rutgers on the 29th, Northwestern on the 31st, Illinois on the 4th. All three at home. So I saw Illinois got sold out today. That, or I saw that last night that the Illinois game was a yeah. sellout. So that, that's, that, you know what that is? That's a Saturday 2.30 game. How rare is a Saturday 2.30 game anymore at Carmel? That's perfect happen. for your crowd because it's before the early bird special. It's after nap time. <laughs> the, the crocheting crowd? <laughs> get, get get the thing knitted for the granddaughter? Yeah, you get done up, around 4.35. You go right into the early bird. Perfect. <laughs> go to the Golden Corral. Um, The Iowa State-Texas game on Tuesday night, I was talking to a couple of – I've – a couple of people have been around Iowa State about as long as I have last night. And you don't want to do the recency thing, the latest and greatest. I think that might have been the best crowd I've seen in my career. And let me let me explain it to you in context. I don't think it was the loudest. Like, I think Hilton has been louder in moments. You know, the people have been around longer will tell you Pfizer, Chris Mim would be right up there with um, the loudest. Um, some of those Hoiberg games, when college game day came, they, Kansas was in the top five. There was the Oklahoma game where they had the 21-point comeback in the second half where that place was just crazy. Um, the one game I compared this one to was the Adam Aluska, Pierre Pierce, Steve Alford deal back when Wayne Morgan was the coach. And that crowd, to me, was borderline like where it was cringy because it was so angry. (laughs) Like when you're chanting rapist every time a guy gets the ball for 40 straight minutes, like it got to the point where it was like, okay, like what does this say about you? I thought that the crowd on Tuesday – while it was brutal towards Tyrese Hunter, I don't think it, you know, an F Tyrese, whatever, like they're college students. It didn't get to a I, – I, I thought it was more celebrating Iowa State than it was – and they hated Texas. There's no doubt about it. But it was that perfect mix between edge and celebrating your team. And then they had the whiteout, which for the first time in my career, Iowa State fans actually followed along with a color scheme <laughs> – and it looked really cool. I just, it was a really special night, and you beat a top 10 team on top of it. How and did I, it look I to you? It, it, it looked great. And I, it, it was on ESPN Plus, so I think it would have sounded even better if it was, you know, an ESPN broadcast with all the, you know, better crews, better cameras, better everything. But I, I think we really got a taste of it thanks to videos from you and the other people that were there. I think that's where you really got the taste of what it was actually like. Because on TV, I I couldn't really hear, other than them booing Tyrese when he had the basketball, I couldn't make out any sort of chant. Like, I never heard an F Tyrese chant over the air. I I never heard anything like that. Yeah, they really, the good thing is, too, they did it, but not, they didn't go overboard with it, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. I, whatever, I get it. Like, I absolutely get it. If I was a student, I would have been chanting it too. I know this. I'm not. <laughs> oh, I would too. Yeah. You better believe it. I'd have a sign. <laughs> but it wasn't like, they didn't do it like during the game, right? It was during like, yeah. oh, he, 
And it, there was just a lot that went into that. And that that's a deal where probably will be a chapter in the book that I'm writing. Like there's a lot of heat between, you know, like Gabe Kalsher and Caleb Grill wanted to beat Tyrese Hunter, their old teammate. Like there was you- n- no doubt about that. Then you had Kalsher and Marcus Carr. Like there was so much heat between those two teams. And that was it was good context for you guys to add because they the broadcast didn't add a ton of context on that. The broadcast made it sound like uh Kalsher and Carr were good friends. I think that they are like there's like a mutual respect where okay. they both can ball and like they you know gave each other like the the bro hug type thing at the end. But mm-hmm. Gabe absolutely wanted to beat his former teammate. Like, there's no, yeah, I I haven't rewatched it yet. I haven't had time. But I had a lot of people on the message board at Cyclone Fanatic telling me that that's how the broadcast painted it out. That is not how I was aware of it. And if you and I made a point to watch the post game handshakes, and there was no Otzelberger gave Hunter a as you would expect. He's the adult. Like he makes. TJ's making a million dollars a year. Like, you know, do the right thing. Just rise above. Mm-hmm. That was not the case with Caleb Grill and Gabe Kalsher with Tyrese Hunter. And I used those two as because they were the ones who were really there with him last year and Jazz didn't play in the game. So, but it, the tension in that arena, like it was a powder keg, man. At the end, they called that technical on Trey King at the end of the first half. And I know I saw your tweet and you're like, that was it. I, I, cause that happened right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Kalsher ran up to, well, Hunter was on the floor cause he got knocked down. Gabe had some choice words for Tyrese. I thought they were going to tee up Kalsher and get him his third foul in that spot. So I was like relieved uh. that Trey King's the one who tee got up it. For what though? What he said? I mean, no, there was no, there, he, there was, he, it was one of those inadvertent um he was like getting up and he raised his arm and he hit a guy in the face it wasn't a he didn't like try Oops. and he actually did the whole like oh i didn't mean to do that thing but the at that point i think the refs were trying to keep more from escalating cuz they could mm-hmm. probably that was that would have been a brutal game to officiate too cuz those two teams i'm telling you like it I felt the whole time in that first half like we are one hard foul away from like an all-out fight. And that's the sort of thing you can tell when you are sitting where where you were, right on the court. Yes. I, I, I've always appreciated when we get to do games and sit right there courtside because that's the kind of stuff that announcers can tell and can tell you and people like you, the print media, if you get a seat down there on the court. You could you can't tell that I, the last game I called we were we were like twenty rows up in the seats you can't yeah. tell, but yeah again the 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 announced crew was okay, other than they kept saying Ashuna he he he. Oshuna e inside top for state. Ducks his way in, but Oshuna e says no. So so they kept going back and forth between Ashuna e and Ashuna e e e. Seriously, like the whole game. They'd call him Ashuna, which is how you say it, and then they would say, Ashuna he he, Ashuna he he he, <laughs> and that yeah, well, there's Ashuna he 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 again. Like what? Is, what is going on? And these are like Iowa guys too. Yeah, they're both from. But Iowa. I, I, I yeah. will say the broadcast wasn't bad. Like, good. The, the cameras looked good. The quality was good. the The biggest problem that I have with these ESPN Plus broadcasts is that there's nothing surrounding the coverage. There's no pregame, halftime, yeah. postgame. There's no studio presence. There's no breakdown of what you're seeing. It's like really bare bones. It's what's going on when there's play, and then like, boom, straight to commercial. We miss a lot of the pushing and shoving under the basket and all that stuff that happened. There's not as many cameras on the court to see it. As far as I know, they didn't have a camera on the court that showed like what actually happened. And and then, you know, you go to halftime and it's this great first half and, and you want this analysis and it's just these canned, these taped segments that they did before the game, and it's like We're killing a, a time. video straight from the from Texas just talking about 
Tyrese Hunter and how much he loves it at Texas. It's just, I, I feel like if you're going to get these, I, I understand you're going to put some of these games on Big Ten or uh, Big 12 plus ESPN plus because you want subscribers and because there are only two ESPNs or three ESPNs, I guess, to put them on. But if you're going to do that for a top 15 game, add a little bit more coverage around it. It deserves it. You need to have the extra context. And like they cut away from the game right as they were about, they're, you know, they're singing the song after the game, fans are going crazy. Right as they were about to hit that next level of celebration, boom, they cut out. Like, why? You don't even need to leave. It's ESPN Plus. Yeah, you don't you have stay as long as you want. You don't have to. another game to get out for. Yeah. It's its own stream. Like, do a little bit more. Do post game interviews. Like, that's that's where you can make up for some of the other deficiencies. So that that's my big. Like, I get it. They're making money. They're making they, they want more subscribers. But when you have these huge games that end up over there, and we might have another one next week against Kansas State. That's ESPNU. That's the U, correct. Which is it's kind of the same there's no I mean there's really no presence around it. Like up your game a little bit. Show that you understand how big of a game this is. I caught not flack, but the attention of some people who are high in the process with the tweet that I made in the second half. And I mean, I'll be on on the record like that when Iowa State plays at Oklahoma State on Saturday, it's kind of like whatever, right? Like yeah. I understand, which is also a, a ESPN Plus game. I understand why that game would potentially be on ESPNU. Um, I also understand that Iowa State or ESPN Plus. I mean, why that they weren't picked very high in the preseason poll and all this stuff, but. I, I almost looked at it like it, there's a point where when you have two games in a row featuring two top 15 teams, the Kansas game on Saturday and now this one, where it's just bad faith business. That you it's can't, not good for the conference. No, like I get it. signed the contract. I understand why. Like in, in the same people that are like sticking up for ESPN and all this are the exact same people that tell you, oh, well, there's no value in basketball. It's all about football. There's no value in basketball. Okay, then if there's no value, why are you holding fan bases like Iowa State and Kansas? Who? Why are you holding the conference hostage to put these really good games on ESPN Plus? And it, so I was told, well, we have fewer big Monday games now because of the NFL playoffs, right? So they they're there's fewer games to put on cable. There's yeah. all this stuff. Again, though, like it, when 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 ESPN was sitting down to make that schedule, they didn't account for the Tyrese Hunter transfer in this game. Like nobody no. in the room was like, no. "Oh, that's a pretty big storyline that I, might be good." I to would put be a- stunned if they thought of that. I really would. That's negligence towards your television towards your partner. Maybe I'm taking it too I, I, far. I just don't. I don't think the people making those decisions think that deep into the weeds. It's surface level stuff. It's we got to put Kansas on there once. We got to put Texas on there once. We're gonna try to put. I think they do try to put the best matchups in the the better positions on ESPN. But I think there are rules where they go into it and they say someone tells them from above. We got to have at least one Kansas game. We got to have at least one Texas game that's going to drive more subscribers. So you pick the games. And then they pick the games. Well, you know, like the last two, and I, I'm going to do a podcast with John Miller later today. And I'd be really, I'm going to be really interested to see what he says. Cause John is not like you and me. He's not like this diehard sports guy anymore. I'm guessing. He didn't watch the game on Tuesday, and I don't know that for a fact. <laughs> what, is like, he just getting high all the time? What the hell is he doing anymore? <laughs> my point is you have to seek it out, right? And there's a lot of sports fans who are not nuts like we are who didn't see those awesome games. 
on Saturday and There's Tuesday. There's no doubt about that. They just didn't, and it's not that they don't care, but they didn't see it, and it's and less exposure. even if they knew it was going on, it becomes harder when it's on a streaming platform. I don't know how it is for every other TV, but for my TV, like it's hard to go back and forth between, say, the Kansas-Kansas State game on ESPN and the Iowa State game on ESPN+. Plus. Like, I have to totally get out of the ESPN app. It wouldn't let me just go back and forth on the ESPN app to those two games on ESPN. And also, if there's a game on FS1, I mean, you're flipping back. It's not as easy anymore. You know, it used to be where you just flip it back and forth. It's a different channel on your cable or your satellite. This is a totally different thing. you got to log in and log out of the ESPN app. And it's, it's, a, it's just a different experience. And I don't think a lot of people want to fuss with that sometimes. Even if they know it's there. They don't want to have to get out of their YouTube TV, go to the main page, go find ESPN. And, oh, geez, if I haven't logged in in a month, it's going to ask me for all my credentials again and blah, 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 blah. It's a pain in the ass. It is. And again, I'll, I'll defend them to a point, and I have for years. I've been consistent with they own the rights, and this is their business model. Like, but don't, but then don't tell me that basketball doesn't have any value if you're going to keep putting. Like, it's not a coincidence when you put Iowa State Kansas on the on plus every year. There's always one of those Iowa State Kansas games is always on ESPN Plus. They're the two biggest craziest fan bases when it comes mm-hmm. to basketball. That's yep. why. So don't tell me there's no value in basketball. And you and like it just this is very simple and the, and everybody's going to tell me oh well you don't understand the time slots and well we've got this game slated for seven so it can be on plus but then there's got a six and an eight it's we can figure it out like you can move a game hey two weeks ago we're seeing that this Iowa State Texas game is really going to be pretty good Iowa State's a lot better I'm sure. I am positive the folks in Ames could have moved that back to an eight o'clock game, so we could have had Kansas, Kansas State, and then moved, and then had Iowa State and um, Texas, and they could have moved it in Lubbock and put Baylor, Texas Tech on the damn plus. But they because, don't move the ESPN Plus games. I know, and set they set in stone. They, they should. Don't. There's no. I don't know if that's something that they are hoping to do down the road, but. And maybe they keep it there. Maybe they don't move them because people have purchased subscriptions and they count on these people purchasing subscriptions just for that game. I think they might lose money if they start moving games off ESPN Plus if they no, you're right. are better contests. Because, again, they tell us that the, there's no value in basketball when it comes to the cable and linear side of things. So, But there is when you have... You know, a hundred thousand people paying seven ninety nine a month, or or whatever it is. It's it's fascinating, but it it's really coming into focus now. With as good as the Big like these Big Twelve games, and that's like, the there's thing. not the a Big bad 12 is, game. It's the best conference in the country, and it's not close. Really passionate fan bases like in Iowa State, and you can't. There's just so many matchups to go around. And there's so many time slots to go around that we're going into these situations where you have games that are like Iowa State, Kansas State, ESPNU. That's not that's a low level broadcast. Now, maybe maybe they'll make an adjustment and get a better crew, get get better technology on that broadcast. But usually ESPNU is very, very bare bones. And that could be a top 10 game. For first place in the Big Twelve next week, yeah. Um, that's a good conversation. I hope that that kind of helps some people out there understand it a little bit more. It, the the problem too that I would have if I'm ESPN. So I already gave you my problem if I'm the conference. And, and I'll teams. say this: I know people there that are also frustrated by it. Yeah. I know there's a lot of college basketball fans that work at ESPN. They work on college basketball in very prominent roles, and they are frustrated by it as well. Don't get me wrong; they are. They're not going to say any, they can't say anything publicly, and I'm not going to name any names. Yeah, but it's frustrating to them as well. Because, and here's the problem: when you're, let's say, an Iowa State fan who's pissed now, 
because this is going to be your third in a row, your fourth already in the year or whatever. You start to resent ESPN, especially with, with all the stuff that's happened in the back with Bullsby going out there and essentially accusing the ESPN of sabotaging the conference and trying to, right? Like, so like the, I know that there's the new deal and like, and I, and I am told too by some people higher ups at the conference that they think when ESPN doesn't have complete control over the basketball schedule and Fox moves in, they believe that a lot of these problems are going to go away because right now ESPN owns it. There's nobody, they can do whatever they want. It's their rights. They paid for it. Right. And, and you signed the contract. Yeah, you signed the contract. So what are you what are you going to do? But then again, like I use the term bad faith business, which might be a little strong, but I also think like when you sign that contract, like, like ESPN in my opinion, when you have a game like Iowa State Texas the other night, and we all knew what it was going to be. You had the Iowa State Kansas the night before. Like you you should in your you not only like yeah you own the rights and you you deserve to be able to profit off of it and make money over the rights that you purchased but with that like the promotion of the conference like you should be doing that in good faith too and not burying these top 15 games with shitty production i guess is and you come at more from a production side i'm looking at it more from a branding but i think they all come together in the same conversation problem is there was one slot for a big 12 game in that time slot and it kansas and kansas state has to be the pick that's always the pick that it has to be on you and and that game was better yeah the number two team in the country get beat at the buzzer that game was better the other time slot i think was uh allocated to another conference the other the other espn two like espn you couldn't have had one Big 12 game on ESPN and one on ESPN2 going simultaneously. Maybe you could have switched around the times for those games. I don't know. But there was really no place to put that. And that's part of the problem also with ESPN scooping up all these conferences under their under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. They feel like, well, we've got the space because we have ESPN+. And we can put all these games all over the place. But they're, most of them are going to ESPN+. And that's what's going to happen. You're not going to. You have all these mouths to feed, all these conferences, all these games, and you only really have the two marquee spots to put them: ESPN and ESPN two. Yeah, and and again, and my argument would be, and I know, and I know there's stuff that I don't understand, but you own all the Big Twelve, you own all of the ACC, you own all the SEC. Put a shitty ACC game on on but that, the but ACC. It, it's in the contract that like. Yeah. A certain conference, ACC, SEC, we get one of the we get an ESPN two spot at seven o'clock on a Wednesday. We get an ESPN. Spot. That's why sometimes you you turn on games and you'll see like a horrible SEC game on ESPN, and then you'll flip over to ESPN two, and it'll be a top fifteen game in yeah, the Big Twelve. We got that last weekend. It was like Louisville and like. Somebody was in like the it's, prime time, like, and it's all about these contracts that these conferences have certain time windows and agreements in place that we're going to be on ESPN, like the Big Ten, for instance. Big Ten game is going to be on ESPN. If you're going up against a, a Big Twelve, that's going to be on ESPN two or ESPNU. And it makes sense with the ACC too, because I'm guessing when those contracts were signed, that was like the premier basketball conference mm-hmm. in the country. Yep why they would get a lot of those top spots. So, so they're not looking at it like, wow, that's a top 15 matchup. It needs to go on ESPN. They have contracts to answer for. And they have so many different leagues contracted with them now. It becomes really tough to make everybody happy. So I think at the end of this, we come to an agreement that there needs to be a flex option with these. We do it in every other sport. Right, like with these Big Twelve games, they should mm-hmm. be able to flex out Baylor, Texas Tech for Iowa State, Texas, and move the totally game back agree. an hour. And yeah, right, like th- that's a no brainer. And we, if if we're gonna do this and, and bury these games, then bring some better production. And that's my biggest thing. Like, yeah, 
if you, if we're going this route and we have, and I know you've only got the ESPN and the ESPN2 and you've got you and news to a lesser extent, but if you're going to put these huge games on ESPN+, Plus, put some more production behind it. Put a little bit more into it. Give us a big game feel. Right now, they're so early in the process of ESPN+, Plus that they just they don't have the ability to do it. Hopefully or in the future they do. try some new stuff. Like, I, and I know that you only have so much talent and budget, but like, is there? There's, there's got to be something you can do to. I was going to use the McAfee thing as an example, but like, is there is there not something you can do at halftime with a person? I, I, I don't know where that, you that's get what some I don't... interviews or whatever. The problem is. Because I've been a part of a lot of these broadcasts that are bare bones. You have one producer. Yeah. Sometimes the producer is also the director. Like they need a little bit of a break at halftime because it's all on them. It's all on this little crew to do everything. And so, yeah, maybe there's an opportunity to go live all throughout halftime and you can talk about the game, you can show highlights. They just don't have the crew to do that in most of these cases. I'm guessing, too, that the crew for these ESPN Plus games like in Ames is just like Cyclones TV. I mean, I, I'm guessing it's just local yeah, or media. I, I, I would, I'm sure I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same people running the yeah. cameras and all that stuff. And there's only I, so I'm, much I'm sure. they can do. Because right. they don't have the budgets and technology, and like so again, and that's my problem. For like a branding thing, I watch the fans and how mad they get at a lot of the stuff we're talking about, and the people who are there doing the work are doing their best. It's got to yes. come from the top, and that that's L- the like problem I said. I, have. I know a lot of people that are over there at ESPN that don't like this at all, but uh, their hands are tied. There's there's not a lot they can do. I mean, I, I had Zubin Mahenti reaching out to me to try to add more context and coverage to that game. And he wanted to, he wanted your contact info because he wanted yeah. to be able to show that video of players uh, kind of before the season, Iowa State players, talking about how they can't wait. Was it Kalsher? I can't wait to play Texas. That's the game I can't wait for. Zubin knows that. And by the way, Zubin wasn't one of the guys complaining, just to throw that out there. But he's a good... Zubin, He's studio. Zubin right? is a the, he, yeah. He was he was working studio for ESPN and ESPN two that night. Yeah, and, and he so wanted- they were going to try to add some some coverage over on ESPN and ESPN two to tell people what's happening over on ESPN plus because it was such a, a huge game with Tyrese Hunter coming back. Uh, the yeah, these conversations will be deepening over the years too. I mean, this is a sign of like the way things are going. I just, last thing for me, I remember when this TV contract was signed, it was the total opposite. It was like all of our games are going to be on the ESPN because remember that was the time where there was the Longhorn network where that was being pushed. So like every game is going to be on the, the ESPN family of networks. And you had games on ESPN news. That was the shitty spot that you didn't want to <laughs> end up in. Right. And then, mm-hmm. Then they did all the changes where there's basically a Big 12 network now. They just don't call it the Big 12 network. It's this Big 12 now on ESPN Plus thing. And, yeah, we we, sh- we we don't have a lot of time left, and we got a lot of other topics to get to. Unfortunately, and fortunately, this is our geeky little – you and me could do this for two hours because this is the type of stuff that we love. Thanks to Fairway, uh, sponsoring two guys named Chris here on Iowa Everywhere. Jordan and J-Bo, or not Jordan and J-Bo, Jared and J-Bo have a new episode that's up as well, talking college basketball, as you would expect. Um, Okay, so Iowa State is at Oklahoma State coming up on Saturday, and Iowa now, we thought they kind of had one more home layup-y type of game against Northwestern, they get Ohio State. So a bigger and then Michigan State. It's a little two game road trip. Nice stretch here for the Hawkeyes. But Split and you feel great, right? I think so. Ohio State is reeling right now. Correct. Reeling. They've lost five straight games. 
They're down. They're second to last in the conference at two and five. But all these games are tight. Mm-hmm. They lost to Purdue by two. They lost to Minnesota by three. At Rutgers by four. At Nebraska by three. So it's not like they're a bad team. This is still a potential tournament team. And if they turn things around, they will be a tournament team. So it's it's kind of a it's it's kind of an odd spot for Iowa. I don't really know what to think. I think Ohio State might be a, a slight favorite. I think I yeah. Gosh, I mean the metrics a bad say record, Ohio I'm not State sure. will be a five point favorite or so, which is crazy to think with a team down there at two and five that's lost five in a row. But they're, they're so close. They're so close, and they do have talent. Should be a pretty good game, but a tough road trip. Ohio State and Michigan State. So you look for a split there, for and we'll sure. see about Pat. We we haven't heard anything more from Iowa about Patrick McCaffrey since Dolph said on the radio show or on the on the radio broadcast that he was going to suit up against Northwestern, and then Iowa came back and said, "Whoa, whoa, we're not so fast." Haven't heard a damn thing. Have you? No. It's probably by design too. I mean, mm-hmm. I I did I didn't reach out to Dolph. I didn't want to. I didn't either. Put him in a bad spot or anything like that, but I'm guessing that that's by design on the Iowa front. You've got uh, for Iowa State, they'll be around a pick 'em with Oklahoma State on Saturday, and then th- I mean this next five game stretch for Iowa State, Chris feels really. Um, I mean, you could be really opportunistic with this one. So you get Oklahoma State and then Kansas State coming up on Tuesday. So we know that's a huge game. But then you have Missouri and that SEC deal, and then you get Texas Tech on the road. So that's too tough. Like any road game in the Big 12 is tough. Any road game in college basketball is tough. But Iowa State really, I'm assuming, definitely if they win on Saturday, which will be a toss-up, they will be in the top ten. But they have an opportunity here to stretch their legs a little bit in some of these games. And it is not inconceivable, Chris, that on Saturday, February 4th, Kansas and Iowa State are both in the top five. Now, I'm not saying it's possible. (laughs) Uh, I'm not predicting it because these road games are really – I mean – Oklahoma State on the road's a toss-up. Kansas State at home's a toss-up. Missouri on the road is considered to be a toss-up. They're a one-point Missouri favorite. Missouri might be favored in that. Missouri just beat Arkansas last night. They had a great home crowd. Like that's, I think that's going to be a really tough game. But I know what you're saying, because I was thinking the same thing when I looked at Iowa State's upcoming schedule. I was like, oh, maybe a chance to make some hay. Mm-hmm. Then you start thinking about it. Are they really going to be a favorite in any of these games? Well, I mean, they even... These Texas are all toss-ups. Texas 0-6 in conference, but at Texas Tech, we know they're close. It's it's all relative. It's the probably the easiest conference stretch, uh, uh, Missouri game included, yeah. of the season. But it's still, there are just no gimmies. Well, that's what's good about this this start for them at 14 and 3 and 5 and 1. I mean, you've bought yourself a ton of room. They're top 10 in the net. They're uh what are they in Ken Palm right now? 12 in Ken Palm is Iowa State and the good thing is it's like really if you lose any of these games, it's not really going to hurt you that much as far as mm-hmm. your ratings go. Now, if you lose a chunk of them it will. But like losing one of Oklahoma State this weekend really wouldn't impact their metric rating at all. So I expect them to win at Oklahoma State, to win at home against Kansas State. I think they'll lose one of those games at Missouri or Texas Tech. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that that's I think and then Texas Tech is in a really interesting spot though. I just I've watched them a lot cuz I keep thinking that they will now What is going on? I don't know how good of a coach he is, to be honest. Like I really, I mean, I remember they were people last year were saying, "Well, this has been the brains behind the old beard operation." Mark Adams. feels a little Steve Promy to me right now with the way he won last year, and then <laughs> Steve Promy just don't see these guys responding to him really well. Like, well, Did you we'll see. see. I, Stevie Prom was back in Iowa like a week ago. Did you see that? Yeah, he had the whole. 
the bus from um, Drake to Northern Iowa in like a three three day span. I think they lost both. I believe. I know they lost to Drake. I don't. Well, even that's know. A, it's par for the course. Prom in Iowa losing. Oof. Should we do our football? Do a little football here to wrap things up. I uh, and then I got to talk to you. We got a major report. Do you see the New York Times report about the aliens? You sent me a link to this article that you say, well, this proves it. Aliens exist. I click no. on it and it says you can't read it because I got to pay for it. You're trying to get me to pay for the New York Times? You should be able to get some free articles. Uh, it didn't let me read it. I clicked on it. So there's this elite senator out of, or he's a house. So they just passed like a $900 billion defense bill and part of it is they're going to have to basically we're going to get to the bottom of a lot of this shit that's happened over the last 70 years when it comes to extraterrestrials and unidentified flying objects Roswell's going to be uncovered this uh, elite congressman out of Wisconsin is demanding it he says we deserve to know his quote or something like this in the article is great. He's like, hey, one of two things is going to happen. And I'm paraphrasing here. He's like, either a lot of the questions surrounding you guys, and he's pointing at like the Air Force and like the Defense Department, either those questions are going to get answered or it's going to be a really interesting next couple of years. <laughs> See, I, I have no problem with looking into it more. But I do you really think they're going to find anything? Yeah, if they want. Yeah, now, here's is. the yeah. problem. Van the Illuminati tried to open the article, and it says, special offer, get unlimited access, $1 for a week. I'm not paying money to read an article about aliens. I'm sorry. It's kind of a, like the biggest story ever, though. If, if all of a sudden it's like the New York Times, we have breaking news, we have proof that aliens exist. That you wouldn't would be pay a, a dollar? Story. Would you pay a dollar for that? I would pay that? for that, yes. I, if, if the headline says... Breaking news, aliens are real. And it's from the New York Times. Sure. But I'm still a little skeptical. I'm, a, I'm skeptical that the, we'll actually learn anything because I think that the New World Order, the Illuminati will swing All in All the here. guys underneath the airport? Yes. It's exactly what's going to why are Why are they trying to cover all this up? What's in it for them? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Where do you want me to start? Start with the main reason that they want to keep money. What, what do you mean? Because how are they making more money by covering up the? I'll tell you apparently why. the fact that the aliens it, are out there. It's actually quite simple, because we've recovered alien spacecraft that is uh -huh. is technologically like light years beyond where. And you we don't are. think any other country has has done this as well? You no, because well, I, I do, States. and I think that this new world order is working together to keep it covered up. Now, why would you do that, you ask? Okay, well, because we have billionaires upon billionaires who make money on things like oil, and it it benefits. So it, it's actually bad for the United States. So they're States trying to sweep this, this technology under the rug. Correct, because they want us to keep having to put gasoline in our cars. They It's so not beneficial for, for the United the, States. The billionaires? Yeah, because this technology, if it becomes readily available, Nigeria all of a sudden is on the same playing field as the United States and China. They don't want that. <laughs> Thanks to our friends at Circa, Circa Sports Iowa. Download their app. NFL playoffs. We're phenomenal in the wild card weekend. We have the divisional weekend coming up. Lines via Circa here. Um, I, 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 have, I have placed all my bets. I have four bets. Well, what did I, we end I, up last week? Did, I did not do well. Oh, God. Yeah, because we both lost that. We were so wrong on the Bucks. Yep. So wrong. Stupid. So you went two and four against the spread. I went three and three. Have you ever seen anything like the Cowboys kicker? Bizarre. It was just a... And it, like, it was a story, but they were killing him so badly that it didn't really it, matter. It didn't matter. Yeah. But, but I think he's going to kick kicker, this week, too. Just a bizarre deal. Okay, so 
Uh, download the Circus Sports. It really does help us, guys, when you download their app because they see that the advertising's working and and I I love their uh, I love the way that they do it. No frills, baby. Just get after it and bet sports. They don't need all the shiny crap in the corner. No, and they don't rip you off. That's the best part. You're not paying extra juice. Jags at the Chiefs. A lot of local um, ties here. A lot of Chiefs fans watching. I'll let you go first. The Chiefs right now, Hassel, are an eight and a half point favorite. Of course, they had the week off. Jags with one of the great comebacks we've ever seen in the National Football League last week. What do you like here? Eight and a half is the number. This is the black sheep of the games. This is the game that I just don't see being that good. It's the first game of the weekend, Saturday afternoon. But last week, there were several games I I didn't think were going to be any good at all. And they ended up being great. Ravens-Bengals. thought that would be a terrible game. Ravens damn near won it. I just I don't have faith that the Jaguars are going to be able to go in there and keep it within eight and a half. I think maybe they they keep it close for a a half. I don't know. They played back in week ten. Chiefs handled them. They were up double figures pretty much the entire game. Ended up winning by ten, but it wasn't even that close. I think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at home handle. A Jaguars team that's been overachieving. I'm going to go the other route here. Uh, I think the Jags, they don't win. Uh, The Chiefs win the football game. This is one of those deals. The Jags have won like six of seven. Chiefs have failed to cover. I think they're like two and eight in their last ten home games. Uh, So they they haven't been covering these these bigger spreads for one reason or another. Well, because the spreads are often really big for Kansas City. Correct. Yeah, and, and I, I just still – I'm a believer in the Jags that they are a surging program, and I think that they will show up. And this will be a good first half. I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I think that these these divisional rounds where the team with the bye often sputters just a little bit. So I'll, I'll take the Jags to cover Chiefs to win the football game. All right. Giants at Eagles, 7.5 is the number. I will go first. And same – Honestly, the exact same analysis for me with the Jags Giants. Um, I'm going to take the Jags to cover. It's it's or excuse me, the Giants to cover here. Divisional. I I like that aspect of it. Jalen Hurts hasn't played in what seems like forever. Eagles win. Giants cover. Closer game than most people expect. I actually really like. If you're going to gamble on this, go to Circa. I like a teaser with the Chiefs and the Eagles. Get both of those games down below a field goal. That's what they want. They want you to tease those games down. Yep. I, For whatever reason, I just have not been a believer in the Eagles. Uh, I don't see them getting out of the NFC. I, It's seven and a half. I like, I like that it's a hook there. If it was six and a half, I might go the other way. But I, the Giants, there's some – we know some Giants fans. Dave Z, remember, he told, he told us just before Gosh. the playoffs – if we get by the Vikings, look out. He says that the Giants are the last team the Eagles want to play right now, which I don't buy. Come on. I mean, what if it's the 49ers? He would rather play the 49ers than the Giants? Nah. But I like the Giants in this spot. It's the third time. You know you know what they say, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it's tough to beat a team three times in one season. It happens. I think since... 2002 in these instances where it's a third game and a team has swept them the first two the team that's undefeated in the regular season is only six and four Mm. in the postseason six and four so give me the Giants to cover that seven and a half I don't have a great feel on Bengals at Bills Uh, the number here is five and a half there's a lot of guys that think that this will be up to six by the time kickoff comes around a lot of that has to do with the Bengals issues on the offensive line as far as injuries go you know Chris my gut says to play the Bengals here and take the points so that that's what I will do but most smart people in the gambling world are going the other way and they bet the bills early on in this one still 
I'm going to take the points in the underdog. Joe Burrow, I mean, so many weapons on that offense. Uh, I, I, again, I'll probably pick the Bills to win, but I'm going to – I'm going to take the points here. What about you? Yeah, I kind of feel like we're being hoodwinked, but I feel the same exact way. If you're going to give me five and a half points with Joe Burrow and the Red Hot Bengals, who got it done in the postseason last year, almost won the Super Bowl, where the Bills have shown that they haven't been able to get over that hump yet. I know they've gotten to the AFC Championship game a couple years ago, but they, they it's still the Bills in the postseason. Give me the five and a half points. Hopefully Burrow will be able to stay upright. He was sacked four more times against Baltimore last week, but that was kind of their stinker last week, I'm hoping, against the Ravens, and they're going to play much better in this one. Feels like the same case could be made for the Bills as far as the stinker thing goes. So No no doubt. You, you, you definitely could because that was really surprising against the Dolphins last week. I just kind of want to sit back and enjoy this game. I I did yeah. bet on the Bengals. Uh, the the Sunday games, late. on paper anyway, those seem like the games to watch. Cowboys at 49ers. Mm. It's like 1995. Ooh, this is, this all is over sexy. Oh, Brock Purdy starting for the 49ers. You got the Cowboys, the biggest brand in the National Football League. You got a, basically a primetime game on Sunday. I will let you... I wish this game was on Saturday. I don't like this. I, I would rather have the better game on Saturday, but where are you going? 49ers four is four. the number at Circa right now. Again, if you're gonna give me more than a field goal for the Cowboys after what they just did to the Bucks, maybe maybe they're thinking they finally got over the hump. First road playoff win in thirty years. Can they get back to the NFC Championship game for the first time since, what, 95? I don't know. But I I will take the four points with the way the Cowboys are playing. And still, it's Brock Purdy facing the toughest defense he's played. Pete Prisco on CBS Sports HQ has been pointing this out all week. Yeah, Brock Purdy's been great, but who has he done it against? He looked at all the defenses that Brock Purdy's played. Only one of them ranks in the top 15 in the league. That was the Commanders. That's it. Mm-hmm. Cowboys are a different animal with the way they take the ball away, with the way they get after you on defense. I, I think this is going to be Brock's biggest test here. I'm going to take those four points with the Cowboys. I'll go the other way, and mainly, by the way, the money is leaning into the Cowboys here, so you would be with the smart betters, at least at this point. I actually bet the 49ers when it was three and a half and it was right after the Cowboys game and here's the reason I think it's a big advantage that the 49ers played on Saturday and the Cowboys played on Monday I think it's a big advantage there I think that I mean if you just stack the rosters up the 49ers are a lot better just across the board than doubt well what about this kicker <laughs> where the hell like what's they going did on sign here? somebody to the practice squad on Wednesday. Again, just practice squad as of now. His name is like Vizcaino or something. I apparently had a cup of coffee with another team earlier this season. So there is, there is, you know, if things go haywire in practice, there's a chance that somebody else goes, but I think it is going to be Maher still. I don't know. He made his last, he made his last PAT last week, right? So he's he just over fixed it all. He might, maybe he's fine. I'll and go you know what? Going for two after each touchdown might not be a bad idea. The NFL's crazy now how, like, that Vikings-Giants game, they were just going for it every fourth down. Like Both teams were. <laughs> Analytics, it's just so yeah. different than it used to be. I don't think you need to use them too much. I, I don't think you need to go way, way into the weeds with them. But, look, if it's fourth and one, if it's a two-point conversion instead of a PAT, I think that's those are warranted things. I mean, I think it's... I think it's worth it. Why? Why punt on fourth and one? Why? 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 When it's a ninety percent chance, you're probably going to get it. Look what the Eagles do. Nobody has stopped the Eagles on a fourth and one all season long. Yeah, because they just put the the running backs behind the quarterback and shove him. That's it. It's simple. Be a fun weekend. We are out of time. The, the this yeah. is. One we of the had a lot of shows. stuff that we were going to get to, and we didn't even have a chance. We'll save we it. Tried to solve the uh, ESPN Plus problems. 
We've got more um, words uh, that you guys presented to us that Iowans can't pronounce. Oh, yeah. We, we're we're going to save those. Oh, yeah. We'll save them. Yeah, we'll, we'll save them. Matt, hey, you, guys you like know, your 49ers? Oh, you, you know, know how I'm rolling, baby. Oh, God. Niner gang. Oh, and you got your jersey now? Oh, I got my jersey. Your jersey came in? in <laughs> bang, bang, Niner gang. Yeah. Bang, bang, what is, Niner gang. What are we watching? This is E40, baby. Who's E40? He's the ambassador of the Bay. Wow. He's a Bay Area rapper. Oh, legendary hey, rapper. I didn't even realize it until this week that the Super Bowl is in Phoenix. Yeah, Rock Purdy, Rock baby. Purdy's from. Yep. Oh, I'll be there. I'll well, be you're gonna there. We're going to have a lot of storylines there. HQ. All I right. think it will. I, 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 I'm going with. I think it'll be Brock Purdy. I don't know who's coming out of the AFC between the Bengals, Bills, and chiefs but i think brock purdy's gonna be there i have the eagles uh so you and i are a little bit opposite there but it's just i am i still have nightmares about the vikings last trip to philadelphia in the nfc <laughs> championship where well, they were just being so they also brutal. had what's his fit there was a miracle they got there and they yeah. had what, what's his face quarterback what was his name guy that stepped in the guy before cousins oh uh Foles. No, the Vikings. Oh, Case Keenum. Keenum, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were talking about it was a miracle that the – yeah, no, that was the no, stuff. No, you guys – come on. The Minneapolis miracle, right? Yeah, it was there. It was the second greatest moment of my life. It was after the birth of my firstborn, but it put it ahead of the birth of my that, secondborn. Jeez, that same poor, when the second one's born. Jeez, that poor young girl. No, we're really I'm Three-year-old, always playing second fiddle. Well, basically third fiddle. Right? Matt, you'll learn this. If the 49ers win the Super Bowl, it'll be better than the birth of your secondborn. Probably not the first. Definitely better than your wedding day. So that was the greatest... Wait, you're saying the Minneapolis miracle was the second greatest moment of your life? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Can you Pretty think of something existence. better? By I mean, the way, great article on Cyclone oh, Fanatic this week. Thank you very much. I, appreciate I read it that. this morning. Fantastic stuff! Isn't that kid amazing? He's incredible. He's yeah. so fascinating. I, I and that I think that is a kind of peek behind the curtain as to why these Otzelberger teams have been so successful. Like it's not all about the talent you put out there on the court. Yeah, and just like Conrad Howie's story, he had a scholarship as a quarterback at Kansas. It's amazing. And he's like, no, nah, I want I want to walk on. And he sought out Otzelberger, too, which was the wild part. <laughs> Jacqueline Cordova took that picture of him on Tuesday night. He's just – he's a wild man, uh, but he's a really, really inspirational guy. And I'm not kidding. I, every person I talk to in that program, he's the perfect teammate. He's the best teammate I've ever had. He, They all said the same stuff, and he's – Really, kind of transformed their entire bench and scout team and and all that stuff. So, and Caleb yeah, Grill. If you haven't me, read it, Cyclone Fanatic. Yeah, Caleb Grill told me he's like, yeah, he he'll like get up in our ass if if we're like pouting after we have a bad game or whatever. Like, he'll come up and yell at us and be like, hey, support your teammates, positive energy. Like this guy's just, and he wants to be a Navy SEAL. Like you respect him, right? Because mm-hmm. he's got that energy and like really a neat guy. So thank you for thank you for saying that. It was it's been fun to work on that. Uh, Matt says you need to get him a shirt on Cyclone Fanatic. We are in the process of doing that. And what's cool about it, uh, I won't give away too much because I won't let Conrad do it. But a portion of what the sales are is going to go to a charity that supports veterans uh, at, at oh, Conrad's great. request. So stay tuned for that. I don't know when we'll have that ready, but hopefully in the next couple of days. All right, Matt, good job as always. Best of luck to your 49ers this weekend. We'll be watching. And I'm going to wear my... Um, bang, bang, nana gang. <laughs> bang, bang, nana gang. I'm going to wear my Chicks Dig the Pump Fake sweatshirt during the game coming up on Sunday night. And that's for Brock Purdy? We did those yeah. with him when he was bang, in college. Bang, bang, Chicks Dig the Pump Fake. Get it? I think that should have been a Jess Settles shirt back in the day. (laughs) He's Chris Hassel. Could you imagine a player getting paid back then? People would have lost their minds. That that reminds me. 
what, what, what was the sl- chicks dig the pump fake? Yeah. Reminds me. Do you remember the commercial, the amazing commercial back in the 90s? Chicks dig the long ball? Yeah. For baseball. It was Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin yeah. trying to figure out how they can become, you know, these big hitters. I'm not shitting you. I said that once on on Sports Center. Chicks dig the long ball because somebody I was doing. I can't remember who I was doing the show with. They said long ball, and I said chicks dig the long ball. One of the executives just tore my ass apart after the show, Why? saying that was sexist. Really? <laughs> yes. But I can't say chicks dig the long. It was a commercial. It was a huge commercial in the '90s. I don't care. It's sexist. Unreal. Well, we uh, you can buy your chicks dig the pump fake t- uh, sweatshirt still Careful to this now. day. He's Chris Hassel. I'm Chris Williams. Have a great rest of your week, guys. Uh, stay safe if you're watching in Iowa. Enjoy the games this weekend. Later. Iowa everywhere.